Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news, and we also have some protect your neck news. Next, we'll discuss the top cybersecurity and data privacy stories of 2023, and what's next. Then finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from the Washington Post. There has been numerous reports of fake robocalls in New Hampshire before the state's primary vote, pretending to be President Biden. The fake calls advised people not to vote in the upcoming primary and that it was important that voters save their vote for the November election. The calls appeared to be using artificial intelligence to mimic the voice of President Biden and has led to calls for AI regulation in the lead-up to the 2024 general election. While there have been several attempts at legislation, none of these attempts have passed. But this wasn't the first time AI-generated voices were used in an election. According to the Washington Post, last year, the RNC released an ad criticizing President Biden using his own voice that was generated by using AI. Earlier this month, The Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC's, Twitter account was hacked. After an investigation, the SEC issued a statement explaining that it was a result of a hacker taking over the number tied to the agency's cell phone. The SEC was able to determine that the unauthorized criminal obtained control of the SEC's cell phone number associated with the account in an apparent SIM swap attack. So you may be asking yourself, what's a SIM swap attack? This is where a scammer convinces a telecom carrier to switch a mobile phone number to a SIM card that the criminal has access to. After getting control of the phone number, the hacker then can use that to change the password for accounts associated with that phone number. This story is also a reminder about the importance of multi-factor authentication. The SEC had asked Twitter to turn off multi-factor authentication for their account. Our next story is a troubling one from Wired. In 2017, detectives in California working on a cold case from 1990 sent genetic information to Parabon Nano Labs to have the company turn the DNA samples into an image of supposed suspect's face. The lab ran the suspect's DNA through a machine learning model, and they were able to provide the police department with the face of a potential suspect that was generated using only crime scene evidence. This decision raised alarms from the public. But recently, we learned more about this case because of a release of hacked police records that were published by Distributed Denial of Secrets, and what we learned was even more shocking. In 2020, three years after getting back the image from the lab, one of those detectives took things a step further. 
They ran the image through facial recognition software. According to Wired, it appeared to be the first known instance of a police department attempting to use facial recognition on a face created by an algorithm that was created using crime scene data. This raises all types of privacy issues. Do we even know if the image created is accurate? What standards and restraints are we going to place on law enforcement's use of this technology? Should we even be using this technology? Our final story comes from the New York Times. Microsoft has disclosed that a criminal hacking group connected to the Russian government gained access to the emails of some Microsoft senior executives beginning in late November. While Microsoft is still investigating, the criminals looked through emails from Microsoft's senior leadership team, as well as employees in the cybersecurity, legal, and other prominent groups, and took some emails and even attachments. In its statement, Microsoft has told the public that there is no evidence that these threat actors had access to customers' environment, production systems, source code, or AI systems. We also have some Protect Your Neck news. During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cyber incident report rolled all into one. According to Bleeping Computer, Apple issued patches to address zero-day vulnerabilities that are being exploited in attacks that could impact iPhones, iMacs, and Apple TVs. The vulnerabilities would allow attackers to execute malicious code on devices after a user opened a malicious web page. If you have an Apple device, make sure that you update your device as soon as possible. Google has also announced patches to address four zero-day vulnerabilities in its Chrome browser. It's important that you download and apply these patches. So please, please, please stay safe out there. Or as the Wu-Tang Clan tells us, watch your step, kid, and protect your neck. So now for our main story. 2023 was a big year for cybersecurity and data privacy. One of the biggest stories of the year was the Move It ransom attack. In May of last year, ransomware group Klopp started exploiting a zero-day vulnerability in the popular file transfer software, Move It Transfer. Using this access, the ransomware group was able to steal data from governments, companies in all sectors, uh, along with schools. The breach impacted a reported 62 million people. We are still witnessing the aftermath of this incident with multiple class action lawsuits filed against Progress Software, the maker of MoveIt, and the companies that use the software. 2023 was also the year of state privacy. 40 states debated comprehensive state privacy laws, and ultimately eight states were able to pass new ones, more than doubling the number of states with consumer privacy laws. But states didn't just stop there. States also passed laws addressing health data and protections for children's privacy. With federal efforts stalling, states have taken a larger role in addressing privacy. The last story that had a big impact on 2023 was the SEC's cybersecurity disclosure rules that just went into effect. The rule requires publicly traded companies to disclose material cyber incidences to the SEC 
within four business days. It also includes a requirement to provide an annual disclosure of information related to cybersecurity risk management, strategy, and governance. The goal of the rule is to allow investors and the public to have a better understanding of the cyber risk facing companies. However, the rules were light on the details, especially about what exactly is material. So what's next for 2024? I think one big question is how we will regulate AI. The Biden administration got the ball rolling when it issued an executive order on AI. While this is a step forward, the executive order was more like goals and a framework for future laws than clear regulations. With the EU issuing its own rules on AI, we are likely to see movement from states to address AI. And hopefully, the federal government, especially with the election coming up. Our final segment today is our Cybersecurity Awards. This week's award is the New Year, New Me. At the start of every year, over a third of Americans make up resolutions about what they wish to improve. And most of us fail, me included. But while all of my other 2023 New Year's resolutions only lasted about three months, I was able to keep up one promise all year long, to drink more water. Every day, I drink about 96 ounces of water. That means evenly spacing out eight 12-inch glasses of water on a good day throughout the workday. On other days, I chugged half a gallon of water before bed. I occasionally drink bottled water, but most days I drink water from one of the over 148,000 public water systems in the United States. Before starting my hydration pledge, I didn't spend much time thinking about how we get water, but I should have. Last month, the FBI, the Environmental Protection Agency, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency issued an advisory that Iranian-affiliated hackers had been actively targeting industrial control systems and multiple water systems in the U.S. This group was behind a November 25th breach at a water authority outside of the city of Pittsburgh. Fortunately, this attack did not disrupt the water supply. But in the future, we may not be as lucky. Our public water systems provide water to 90% of Americans. And many of these service rural and small communities of fewer than 10,000 residents. Public water systems are vulnerable to cyber attacks because water facilities often rely on, often by necessity, on outdated and nominally secure technology. These systems also operate with limited cybersecurity personnel and training. The Biden administration characterized those recent attacks as unsophisticated, pointing to the struggle of some operators to address even some of the most basic cybersecurity issues. This year, I hope we all make it our resolution to think more about how to protect our water system. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also visit the show's website at nothingaboutyou.com. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see everyone next week.